Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Welcome to Exchange Trade Fridays, a weekly podcast from ETF.com, uh, wrapping up the markets and ETFs uh, and uh, whatever else we kind of feel like for the week. My name is Dan Micah. I'm a reporter with ETF.com. And with me today is my colleague, Samit Roy. Hey, everyone. And Heather Bell. Hi, everybody. So uh, the so the the topic of the conversation this week has very much been around Walmart, Target, and uh, and the consumer. Uh, for the longest time, it, it seems that throughout the pandemic, with uh, with stimulus checks coming in, with uh, uh, with uh, increases in wages due to the Great Resignation and uh, pressure in a, in a very tight labor market pushing uh, the prices up for uh, for wages. Uh, for a while, people were really banking on on consumer spending to really be the the core of this economy for for quite a long time. But uh, to me, that just doesn't seem to be the case uh, right now. And there's uh, there's some uh, some warning signs out there. Absolutely, Dan. And we've seen the consumer staple sector really take it on the chin this week. And that was really shocking to people because this was a safe haven for the longest time. And um, I think, you know, the drop in the consumer staple sector and that XLP ETF, which tracks that sector, I think it reflects the fact that this market downturn has shifted from being just tech and growth focused to something much broader based now. People were piling into what were perceived to be safe haven sectors in this environment, value stocks, staple stocks, and things like that, because they are more insulated from rising rates. But that isn't working anymore. Everyone probably heard Walmart and Target had their worst single-day declines in 35 years this week. And I think that has just as much to do with the incredible number of investors who piled into those stocks inflating their valuations as it does the change in their business outlooks. Yeah, the businesses have deteriorated, whether it's money being funneled away from discretionary purchases towards, you know, things like food and gas, or whether it's money being funneled away from physical goods to services as, you know, the pandemic ebbs. The effect is the same. Consumers are going to be spending less money at these retailers than people thought. Then you have margins being compressed, too, on the other side by uh, rising costs of labor, fuel and shipping. So this is not the situation that investors wanted to see. They believe that these companies could pass on all of the upward price pressures to their customers. That's not the case, at least right now. Eventually, yeah, things are going to rebalance and they'll be back on track. But this isn't a market that's going to look very far past the valley especially with recession fears picking up. But like I said, it's, it's not just the fact that the outlook has deteriorated for these companies. Walmart was trading at 22 times forward earnings last week, which is 30% above uh, its 10-year average. Costco, another favorite, 
uh, was trading at 42 times earnings last week, the highest valuation ever for that company. So, so it is a little bit ironic, actually, the overvaluation in the market that people pointed to for so long, especially in technology and growth, that actually shifted to the consumer staples sector. And technology actually looks downright cheap compared to staples now. Uh, even after this sell-off in Walmart, Costco, and things like that. So, you know, you combine the narrative shift, these companies can't pass on costs as effectively as people once thought, with the growing recession fears that we have in the market, and you get this type of move, you know, largest down move in 35 years. That's why we saw XLP, it went from 1% up on a year-to-date basis on Monday, and now it's down 8% year-to-date, just in a matter of days, up 1% to down 8%. But but I'm not a big shopper. Um, Dan, Heather, um, what's your experience? Are you seeing um, shifting of spending around in your own day-to-day lives because of inflation or anything like that? Thank you for accommodating my mall rat tendencies to me. Um, <laughs> I've been cutting back on my shopping, um, but uh, when I was looking at um, XRT versus ONLN and iBuy, um, the latter two uh, pro shares and amplifies answers to um, the online retail issue. Um, so XRT has actually seen 37 million in inflows um, during the past month, but uh, the two uh, online retail funds have seen they've they've seen outflows. So I think what's happening is there's a shift to more physical buying, which I guess maybe is some sort of like response to the fact that the pandemic is mitigating and people want to get out and shop because there's a lot of fun kind of dopamine endorphins that hit when you get to go into a store and look at things. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, I think, I think retail is being hit in general, but maybe, uh, more bricks and mortar might be the place to look right now. Um, instead of the online, uh, costs or the online options that you have. Yeah, so uh, Heather, you mentioned XRT, and that's actually quite. Uh, as I look every single day with uh, with uh, big flow moves, that has been quite the uh, quite the mover. Uh, there's been 15 days this year where its flows were more than ha- in either direction were more than half of its AUM. I think it's currently around 360 million or so. Don't quote me on that, but you know there have been days where it is gaining or losing 50, 60% more of its AUM or losing it on any given day. Um, so just really wild to see all that stuff moving. I think what where I, I hesitate a little bit in just kind of assigning this as, um, as, uh, as something to be worried about um, as like a big recession risk is – Specifically, looking at the transcripts uh, from uh, from Kohl's, Walmart, and Target, um, which really set off all these worries. So Kohl's uh, pointed out that demand weakened uh, weakened com- you know, year over year because at this point in time we were getting another round of stimulus payments. There was more money being pumped into the economy uh, for consumer spending. 
Uh, Walmart said that the rate of, of inflation in food for the past quarter is pulling more money away from the other parts of its of its business, where you know just selling general merchandise, clothes, books, entertainment, um, home goods, stuff like that. Uh, but there was something that was really interesting uh, with Target as well. Is that um, uh, and I'll just read out this this part of the transcript. Uh, at the same time, guests are focused on getting back to many of the habits and behaviors they suspended during the heart of the pandemic, including travel, at-home activities, and social gatherings, uh, end quote. And that's what Target kind of attributed to why uh, home apparel and hardline items to like a lot of their, you know, kind of bread and butter businesses that, you know, there's, there's probably still quite a few Targets out there that don't have big grocery aisles, um, that's why it led to that big disappointment in earnings. Um, so kind of like everything else in the economy, there's there's a lot of like mixed signals here. And I think it's hard for investors to really get a sense of, you know, what this says about the the the, the, the viability of these businesses over the long term to, you know, turn profits, uh, issue dividends, outperform with stocks, but also what it just means in terms of you know, this increasing fear in the economy that we're heading into into a recession as, you know, we're slowing down, you know, this fear that, you know, consumer spending and, and growth is going to slow down right as the Fed continues to say we're hiking and we're hiking big. Well, I agree. I think you're dead on on the fact that it's just mixed signals every which way. Um, that's uh, That's nothing I could argue with. Um, so, I, so with with Staples now kind of uh, kind of in this pit, uh, the only two sectors, at least at the end of business yesterday, the only two uh, sectors left that have posted a year to date gain um, is uh, XLU, the utility sector ETF, with a, a whopping zero point four zero point zero four percent gain, uh, and XLE, which is up forty eight percent year to date as, as energy continues to uh, to outperform. Samit, Heather, where do you guys see, you know, is there any safe space now? Um, Samit, you were mentioning before about how consumer staples were seen as defensive, but now um, there's fears about that. Is Are we just in a place where essentially energy is the only thing that's going to keep you from, uh, that's only going to, is the only area where you really can expect solid returns? And at this point, everyone's just trying to keep their losses at a minimum. Yeah, Dan, that's just the nature of this market. There's really no place to hide, right? The traditional uh, safe havens of treasuries even aren't working this year. Energy has a lot of room to fall before it falls into the negative territory. I think XLE is up something like 45%. But utilities, like you said, they're barely hanging on to a less than 1% gain. So if the S&P does fall into a bear market uh, more than 20 percent, I'm sure utilities are going to be in the red as well. And, you know, you can't discount the fact that utilities could take a dive, just like the consumer staple sector took a huge dive this week. Um, if the narrative, narrative around that sector changes at all, valuations over there are very, very high as well. Um, but energy, you know, it has been kind of a safe haven this cycle just because you know geopolitics supply um, issues and also inflation um, so i think you know that is a safe haven but if we do uh, tip this economy into a recession demand all around the world is going to take a big hit and 
uh, you're going to start talking about oil demand coming down rather than just oil supply being strained. And I think you could actually see oil prices fall significantly if we do fall into a recession. That's not the base case right now, but we have to keep a close eye on that. Uh, go ahead, Heather. Um, I was just thinking that maybe um, it might be a good thing to consider something like the Vanek Agribusiness ETF, um, which trades under the ticker Moo. Um, it's about a $2 billion fund now, and it's pulled in, I think, $790 million year to date. Um, and it's kind of outperforming the uh, global uh, ETF Acqui. Um, right now, um, it's pulled ahead of it over the 12-month period starting back in, it looks like, February. Because, um, I mean, we're seeing a ton of food inflation. And these are all stocks that are kind of built around agriculture. You've got things like Beyond Meat in this fund um, and uh, Tyson Foods and stuff like that. People are still going to be buying food. I mean, that might be... Uh, like anything about involving agriculture, that might be a safe haven. Um, we're seeing shortages because of Russia, uh, the whole Russia-Ukraine conflict. Um, that's I was just telling you guys this morning about how uh, they provide, I think, 12 percent of the traded calories, um, according to The Economist, to the world. So um, there's a lot of disruption there. And maybe that's a place to find some kind of like, I don't, I hesitate to use the word safe haven, but, you know, a place where um, those businesses are still going to be thriving, maybe. All right. Well, we are going to leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning into Exchange Trade Fridays from ETF.com. If you've missed any part of this conversation, uh, go to your favorite podcast player and search for Exchange Trade Fridays. We'll have this episode up uh, rather soon. And if you've missed any of our previous conversations, uh, please, t uh, you can listen back to previous ex uh, episodes at your leisure. Uh, I'm Dan Micah. And for my colleagues, Samit Roy and Heather Bell, thank you so much for listening again and have a great week. Lucky Land Slots, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.